Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. We've been having camp meeting days. Those are some good songs right there. I must tell Jesus. Jesus alone. The title of the sermon this morning is It's Time to Plant Turnip Greens. And we already know we're going to talk about seeds and harvest and so forth. And I've got some statements that were made, some advice from an old farmer. I'll just give you two or three. I might not dedicate these to my friend Russ Waits, who me and him like old Jerry Clower. These didn't come from Jerry Clower, but an old farmer back in the back in the day. Your fences need to be horse high, pig tight, and bull strong. Second advice, keep skunks and bankers at a distance. A bumblebee is considerably faster than a John Deere tractor. When you wallow with pigs, expect to get dirty. I like this one. Don't judge folks by their relatives. We've all got some, yeah. If you find yourself in a hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. And the last one, always drink, always drink upstream from the herd. It's time to plant turnip greens. I'll get to that in a moment. I want to talk about the seed and the soil. Sheila already made reference to it with the children. The seed and the soil. And you already know I'm going to share a parable that Jesus shared with us. I'm actually going to read from Luke the 8th chapter. And the story, though, is found in three of the Gospels. Now, oftentimes, this parable is called the parable of the sower. Now, I think it could be called the parable of the soil, S-O-I-L, because it describes four different types of soil that can happen in the heart. But most Bibles, you'll look at the heading, it'll say the parable of the sower. Now, you know this, but let me remind you that a parable, the parables of Jesus, were just stories. They were drawn from nature oftentimes, or from a familiar everyday happenings that Jesus would share a parable or story Jesus used them, though, to teach a deep spiritual truth about Himself and about you and about me and our relationship with Him. And also the parables would teach us about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so we would enter into that story and we would learn a deeper truth. Hopefully that's what would happen. God chose to put this parable that we're about to read in three books of the Bible. A lot of the parables are only found in one of the Gospels. This one, though, God decided to put it in three books, which I think should carry some weight. It's found in Matthew, the 13th chapter, Mark, the 4th chapter, and then in Luke, the 8th chapter. In all three gospel books, Jesus tells us this parable. He describes this story, but then He explains the understanding of the parable. He didn't always do that when He shared a story. He left it to us to discern and pray and seek the mind of God of what this parable means. But in this case, He just clearly told us exactly what it meant because the disciples asked Him to. Let's first hear the parable. It's in Luke 8, verse 5. A sower a sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside. 
And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it quickly withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns or weeds, and the thorns and the weeds, they sprang up with it, and they choked it. They choked out that seed. But others, the fourth kind, fell on good ground. Everybody say good ground. God wants you to have good ground. But others fell on good ground. It sprang up. It yielded a crop a hundredfold. And then when he had said these things, he cried out and he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Simple illustration, but a very powerful one. We know that throughout the Bible, God uses the understanding of seed time and harvest. I went back and read in the book of Genesis and We know that when God began to create the world, He spoke things into existence. God said, let there be light. And there was light. But in Genesis 2.8, it tells us that the Lord God planted a garden. He planted a garden eastward in Eden. Now, my imagination runs wild there because He spoke the other things into existence. Let there be land. Let the waters divide the waters. But in this case, God planted. So he knows what he's talking about. He planted the first garden. Now, I don't know whether God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit went out and strode seed or not, but maybe he had the angels, hey, y'all come on, bring some of those seeds I created. We're going we're gonna to plant a garden because it says God planted a garden. So God understands this system. He knows how it works. And so throughout the Bible, we have these illustrations. Even when the flood came and covered the entire earth, Remember God said the rainbow that He promised that it would never flood the earth again? But He also said that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. So that every generation, people in Africa, South Korea, wherever they're at, you know, most cultures have an understanding of what it means to plant a seed and get a harvest. And so God uses this illustration. Pretty simple, but straightforward. We understand seed time and harvest. This is a seed spreader. It belongs to my dad. It's a little older than I am. It's almost 60 years old. The cloth has been replaced several times. And this has only been on there about two years. I used this back in the spring to plant a food plot. And Daddy and I planted up behind the house a pasture that he had had cleaned up. We spread seed. You pour whatever you want. You can put fertilizer in here and seed in here. And then there's a little opening. You can determine how much you want to come out. And then you walk along and you spin it. And I'm fixing to spin it. Now, John Freeman, I laughed at him this morning. I said, you know, it really really would make an impression if I'd put some seed or fertilizer in it and just spray everybody. I mean, just let her rip. John Freeman said, I'll go buy it right now if you'll do it. So he wanted me to do it. You'd remember it. But you can walk around. And the faster you turn, it'll sling some seed. And I mean, it'll spread it even. And in Jesus' day, they didn't put seeds in rows like we do, but when they planted the fields, they would just scatter it. The farmer would scatter it everywhere. So those, when Jesus told the story, they could see that story as Jesus was telling it. They spread the seed. It didn't always land on the good soil. If you want to borrow this sometime, you can. Sam, anytime you want this, you can come borrow it, all right? But we understand about seed, time, and harvest. 
It's a simple illustration that Jesus gives us. Jesus talks about four types of soil, though. And all of us, and I'm about to read the description again. I want to pull us in and just to say it, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've been all four types of soil. And I'm just going to call it and say you probably have been too. So let's read. Jesus explains it. You can read again in Luke 8 because the disciples said, why are you talking parables? And you can read and listen to what he said. They said, well, tell us that. Tell us what it means. So he tells us, Luke 8, 11 through 15. You'll see it on the screen. Jesus said, now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So we don't have to figure it out. Jesus said, what I'm telling you, the illustration that I'm giving you, the seed is the Word of God. It's a seed. It can be planted. So he says it's the Word of God. That's what it is. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts. So that's good information to know that that's a possibility. That Satan can come and take away the Word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Then he describes in verse 13 a second type of soul. But the ones on the rock, They are those when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but these have no root. Who believe just for a while, but in temptation they quickly fall away. Verse 14 is the third type of soil. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard, they go out, but it gets choked out with the cares, with the riches, and with the pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But then Jesus said there's a fourth kind. and We want to be it. Verse 15, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the Word with a noble and a good heart, they keep it, and they bear fruit with patience. Again, I go back to you and remind you, Jesus clearly tells us that the seed is the Word of God. What does that tell you about the Bible? You wrestle with it a second or two. If Jesus has just told you that the seed is the Word of God, it is the Word, then what does that tell you about the Bible? Let me ask another question. Can you and I take the seed and plant it? Can, can you take the seed and plant it? Of course, you know the obvious answer. Sure you can, preacher. Then that's what we should do. Jesus also describes these four types of soil or dirt. And He makes a comparison with the human heart. You and I know enough about agriculture to understand that dirt matters. We planted our Dirt matters. It matters what kind of soil we plant the seed in. My dad used to have a Ford tractor. It was a 3,000. He eventually, though, and this was well on up, probably been 15 years ago, I'm not sure how long, but been a while, he bought a brand new tractor. My daddy, Gary Beck, bought a brand new tractor, but he sure shopped around before he did, but he bought a Kubota. Kubota tractor. Got a bush hog on the back of it. And Kubota's those orange and black ones. And my dad's got a lot of implements that you can put on the back. If you didn't grow up on a farm, out of the back of a tractor is a live PTO. That means where it spins. And that's what turns your bush hog. Well, my dad bought a tiller 
just a few years ago. Nice tiller that fits in the back of that tractor. He bought it for my mother anniversary. It's a good tiller. I mean a good one. Actually, it, it was so good, Mama got it for birthday and Christmas and anniversary for three years. We laugh and tease about it. I promise you he got her something else because she's a good woman, as he says. My dad loves that tiller. Sometimes he'll get out and plow in the garden even when he's... I mean, he, he, just, he just loves to watch it because the tines on it are huge and big and that PTO's turning. It just churns up the ground. Man, it'll get that ground right because dirt matters. We know that when we plant seed. It matters what we plant. Well, I want to suggest to you that a way that you can till the, the soil of your heart or through those old basic things. And before I say them, you already know them. But you got to do them to the dirt. you got to pray. Humility. I preached last week about repentance. I'll tell you, there's nothing better that gets that old, that old dirt ready when you humble yourself and you just repent before a holy God. Boy, He can do something with that dirt now. So don't underestimate the power of prayer and humility and discipleship. When you decide that I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to get in the seed. Discipleship is just like that tiller. Another thing is worship. Coming to church is good, but you've got to worship God. You can do that corporately when we come together every week. or You can do that at home. You, can do, you just worship God. I'm telling you, worship will just till that ground and get you ready to receive the Word. So, worship, obedience. I mean, when you get the seed in your heart and then you obey it, oh my goodness, it'll just make that, that dirt real fertile to receive more. Prayer, humility, discipleship, worship, obedience, make a real good spiritual tiller to make ready the dirt of the heart. Ready to receive the seed. Let's go back and look at the soil again. These four, and let's talk about them. Jesus said, those by the wayside, and again, I, I've been this, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, but then the devil comes and he takes away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. I preached a few weeks ago that Jesus spoke of Satan in a personal being. He is for real. He's a fallen angel. Satan, Lucifer, the devil, he does not want you to get your heart ready to receive the seed. He doesn't want you to believe it. That's why he wants to take it away from the heart. He doesn't want somebody to hear the gospel and be saved. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So God sends forth preachers to preach the word, to preach the seed, that it might go on good heart. Satan comes and takes it away. He doesn't want you to believe in the Bible. Oh, believers, don't believe. That's one type of soul. That can happen to any of us. The second type is the one who goes on the rock for those who, when they hear, they'll receive the Word with joy. Boy, that was a good sermon last Sunday. Man, I read a Scripture last week, and you received that Word with joy. But these are the ones that they just don't have any root. Who believe for a while, but in time of temptation, 
and just sort of fall away and don't believe anymore. I've been that type of soul too. If you then Jesus tells the third kind, and by the way, on that second one, the rock, that's the one that maybe they don't ever pray. They don't stay in the Word daily. They may come to church occasionally in a crisis. God's not really a first priority. And if you're coming today and you haven't been in a while and you've had a crisis, I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you come back again and again and again. Jesus then tells us in verse 14, Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, they go out, but they're choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. I've been preaching lately and it seems like this last year in my heart, Tyler and I have talked about it, how the culture, Chris and I have talked about it with the youth, how they're so bombarded with so much culture and so much of the world. And that's what that's talking about, that culture and the world, when we care more about the riches and pleasures of life than we do about the Word of God, then what can happen, that can begin to just choke it out. I've been there too. That type of soul. But then there's the fourth one. This is the one you want to be. That's the good ground. The ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the Word, with a noble, that's an important word, noble and good heart, they keep it. And they bear fruit with patience. Are you keeping the Word of God? Are the roots deep? Is that soil real fertile to receive? Noble means humble and repentant heart. A discipleship where you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're persistent. You're persistent in your faith that you want the good ground of the heart. Jesus said, these are the ones that keep it. The ones who put it into that good ground. Sheila has been teaching on Wednesday night. It just started. We looked over the material and Chris too. We looked at those and it talks about the story. The story in the Bible. This journey that we're on. And so she's going to be teaching the kids 31 lessons through the Bible. These parables and these stories. Why would Sheila do that? Why does Chris teach the Word? Why do we come together and do that? Because the seed is the Word of God. That's what we're to do. We're to teach and, and, and share Christ through His Word. Let me share a story with you. And I thank God we've got some wonderful young couples. We've got some new babies. And I hope that they're sharing the Word of God with their children. And they may have done this. I'm looking at the faces of some of them. But I want to share two couples with you. One is our associate pastor, Tyler Woodham. Madeline was in the early service. Tyler's away at Asbury Seminary up in Kentucky for two weeks. That's why he's not here today. But about three different times over the last two or three months, Tyler Woodham, your pastor, has mentioned to me that he's been reading Scripture to Graham in the womb. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's not too early to get the Word in him. Just last week, my son-in-law, Blake, and my daughter, Audra, there with child. The baby's due February the 14th. But through a sermon that Blake sent me on YouTube the other day, he and I uh, were talking about that sermon, and the sermon was just on the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm and praying those two together. And so Blake and I, my son-in-law, have been talking about how that has blessed us over the last few weeks of just praying the 23rd Psalm 
along with the Lord's Prayer. This is a side note, but I'd highly recommend it. It's amazing what it can do to the soil of your heart. But Blake told me the other night, and this blesses me. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Blake's been calling favor. I read the little favor. And he's been reading the 23rd Psalm to their baby in the world. The seed is the Word of God. And it matters to every generation that we plant the seed. That may seem strange to you. I hope you've done that. We did that for Aldrin and Dave when they were little. The seed is the Word of God. How is the dirt in your heart? Let me close by telling you that it's time to plant turnip greens. It really is. If you know anything about planting turnip greens, the 1st of September, I was out at Dad's yesterday. We were out there in the dirt. He's already used the tiller. I don't ever get to drive on it because he loves it so much. He's got that ground ready to receive the seed. And right around the 1st of September is a good time to plant turnip greens. Well, let me tell you, every day is a good day to plant the seed of the Word of God. How is the soil of your heart? It's time to plant. 2 Timothy 3 that I read earlier. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. I believe that. I gave my life to preach this. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Planting the seed of Holy Scripture into the human heart is critical in every age. The Holy Spirit gave us the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit gave us the Scriptures by revelation. And both history and personal experience attest to their life-giving power. Believe. Believe the seed. Believe the seed and till up the dirt of your heart that it will grow and take root and we'll have a great harvest. Believe the seed. Let's pray together. God, thank You for making the Bible simple so that even I could understand it. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters and me and my family Plant the seed. Plant the seed. God, let our hearts be fertile to receive so there will be a great harvest. Bless now as we respond to Your Word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand together our closing hymn. Our closing hymn.